Hi, thanks for tuning into High on Horror. This is Drew talking at you. Damn, Drew talking at you. This is John talking at you. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. VHS 99, which is the fifth installment in the VHS series, is now available to watch at the click of a button on Shutter, and we're going to talk about it today on High, High on, on horror. horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. There's a... Uh, okay, there's not much backstory needed here. I mean, it's a fifth film installment in a franchise, you know? I guess uh, the formula works. Keep running it. But, uh, John, uh, break down for us. What are we uh, What are we going to smoke today uh, and why before we start? I got that last uh, pre-rolled. Uh, okay. I mentioned... I uh, can't remember because we recorded them back-to-back, so I don't remember if it was Halloween Ends or Hellraiser. We smoked uh, Peanut Butter Breath. And I mentioned, it, I mentioned it was a cross of Mendo Breath. Yeah. I have a pre-rolled of Mendo Breath. Oh, Mendo Breath. Okay. It's an indica marijuana strain made by crossing OGKB. I've never heard of that one. With Mendo Montage. You're going to need a montage. <laughs> this strain produces a euphoric high with powerful body effects that help relieve pain and discomfort. Mendo powerful Breath smells effect. like sweet vanilla and caramel. I'm going to call their bluff on that one we'll find out here and uh while it may be tempting to smoke this strain during the day it's important to save it for after work or before bed or i guess before you recorded a podcast <laughs> that's what i was just gonna say yeah. or when reviewing a movie uh growers say mendo breath comes in dense frosty buds and has an i don't well here's a new one they're actually telling us how long it takes to flower 60 days okay i don't know what that means no i'm just gonna <laughs> uh your feelings are uh sleepy so hopefully we'll stay awake through this uh relaxed and uh as always tingly all right that's always a weird one let's get and, tingly uh negatives anxious dizzy and we all know it dry mouth <laughs> apparently the flavors are vanilla which i have never ever tasted in any strain of weed yeah i feel agreed. like these people it's like the same thing uh i guess i was talking with kenny kind of same thing with uh like wine I don't get what you're talking about. This has a fruity, aromatic flavor. Like, what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Like, it's getting me high. I don't. Maybe, maybe my palate just isn't refined enough to. That's get these exactly extra what flavors. it is. It's it's because we just don't care enough, and we haven't like we don't we're just like we just want to get high and enjoy the bud. Like, but there's people. It's just like wine. There's people who you know will grab a glass of wine and they'll be like, sniffing it and shit, and they're all you know, oh, this is aged and this is. I'm like, to me, it's just a glass Ooh, of wine. I have dry, you know, dry so, notes, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't yeah. even know if that's what they say, but it sounds right. <laughs> but yeah, like that, I, I, that's how I feel. It's like wine. There's wine carnivores and there's weed carnivores. There's people out there that actually look for specific things. It's just like chefs. How chefs will complain about an ingredient being in something or not being in something when to like the common man. They wouldn't even recognize it, whether it was there or not. I think it's just carnosaurs out there being picky, you know? Yeah, um, yeah like, I, I've had wines that I go, oh, this tastes good. I'm not getting, like, the fruity North California grape taste. Like, I just judge, I don't judge my weed on taste. I judge my weed on how high I get. It's like, you know, is it a, is it a, yeah, I'm pretty high, or is it a, holy shit, I'm high? Like, that's, that's well, how I know, you I know? feel like you get to a point where there's so much THC that, like, it kind of doesn't matter, so, and sometimes that flavor is a little bit better. Like, that's I, true. I even find it with, I can uh, see that. some of the vape carts. Well, I'm just like, vapes for sure, vapes Especially for sure. the distillate carts, I feel like, have, like, this weird <laughs> taste to them. Yeah. 
where like I mean you can get some of the disposal supposed ah, fucking crazy disposable man. thank you disposable like I had that one uh, last week that strawberry cheesecake one you're like this tastes fucking delicious yeah totally you know no for for vapes flavor matters a hundred percent but with weed like you know people will say you know uh, it tastes like peanut butter and it's like I just taste weed I just taste like smoke to me a lot of the time you know so just pass me the blood yeah it's you. like I just as long as it gets me baked that's all I really care about I mean. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think that as long as, as I've smoked, I haven't become a carnosaur. I never put the effort into actually being like, like what all the terminology is. It's like, I don't, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, I'm like the dude from grandma's boy. I'm like, dude, just give me a bag of weed. <laughs> you know, when he's like, you do want this kind or that kind. I'm like, just give me, just give me. Every like, once that's all in I a while, about. but it's also not street weed and it's dispensary weed that I can get something and go, Oh, this, like it has a distinct taste, but I feel like a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. But, and definitely street weed all fucking tastes the same. Street weed. Dirt street weed. weed. It sounds so bad. It does. Street weed, dirt weed, or Reggie. I love Reggie. It's like, that's the term for it now. And all the dudes out there called Reggie now. Just Although basically, I gotta say. Oh. Basically just be calling them dirt weed by calling them their earth name. Their, their uh, <laughs> government name, I mean. I said their earth name. <laughs> covering, covering them by their, calling them <laughs> by, by their, their government name. name. You just call them Reggie. You're just insulting them now. I was going to say. <laughs> Might not be funny to people listening, but oh, this one horror group. I think you're in it too. This guy like was so excited to show off his Blu-ray and sh- and shared like a bu- uh, like jar with his weed in it. Yeah. And I looked at it. And I'm like, that does, that looks not look good. And people were just dragging him for like what his weed looked like. In the no, comments. I didn't see this. <laughs> and then he tried to like respond. It was like, oh well, this is the one I've been having sit around. This is the jar with the bigger nugs. And I look at it, I'm like, it looks the same, but it's just bigger. And people were bigger. like, that shit is brown, dude. Somebody was like, I haven't bought that in like 10 years. That's that stick weed where you got like all these sticks to it. Oh, yeah, because somebody was like, damn, you going to get high off them stems? <laughs> See, yeah, man, it's it's wild. Man, you fucking street people fucking you with stems. <laughs> like, God damn, we've went on like way too long. Stems and seeds. Talking Stems about weed. Seeds. Yeah. But I mean, it's nice when we don't, don't always talk about weed this much. So let's get into VHS 99 here. It's just came out. So it's a 2022. It's more of the found footage horror anthology that you've come to love. It's the fifth installment. And it's, well, well, I guess we'll talk about how we like it later. But I mean, Five installments usually end up at this point, I feel like, seeing a downward trend. Or you end up in space. <laughs> yeah, that's usually like four. Well, <laughs> Leprechaun four. Halloween four. Hellraiser four. I think it was the fourth <laughs> Hellraiser two. Halloween four. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we got a bunch of different directors here. It premiered in Midnight Madness on September 16th, 2022. It was at the TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival as well. Um, and it now has come to shutter on October 20th. Um, usually we go through these and we'll get to a point and we'll kind of cut off for non-spoilers. This is an anthology series. And like the only way we'd be able to do that is literally go through each segment, talk about like half of it, stop, go to the next. Segment. And each story is like 20 minutes. each. Yeah, it's so just like, not worth it. It's just, it's, it would be really disjointed. So like, uh, if you made it this far and you haven't seen VHS 99, our bad. You should probably get out of here. Like, <laughs> unless you care about spoilers, unless, which if unless you don't, you don't mind it being spoiled. Stick around. Then, uh, stick around. But look, we got we got a screener for this. We we got an advanced viewing of this film, but we waited to review it until after it came we're out. Good people. So everybody would have a chance to watch it. 
before we gave away spoilers because there's just really no way of really reviewing this movie and to give away any detail without spoiling it. So it's that simple. Yeah, so if you got to leave, just go get yourself some Subway or something like that. Subway, eat fresh. All right, uh, so getting into the plot here, the uh, film is presented as a mixtape of five different narratives set in 1999. Uh, this one doesn't have a rap story like most of the other ones. Um, VHS 94 did it well. There's some other VHSs that the rap story wasn't that compelling. Yeah, this rap story is more like a, a stop motion animation from someone in the uh, fourth segment of the film, uh, The Gawkers. I believe that's uh, to my knowledge. That's how I took it anyway. I kind of li- I like stop animation. I don't know how you feel about it or how you felt about it used here. I mean, I like stop animation, but uh, I guess it just felt a little disconnected. That, that's fair. Uh, so our first first story up here is called Shredden, and it's written and directed by Maggie Levin. I got strong, strong CKY slash Jackass vibes. <laughs> from this story did you yeah man totally and uh the thing is they're like a band right but they're it was like, like if jackass if all of them like formed a band as well but we're also kind of assholes yeah and there's that I one guess, dude man, um, i guess some of them are assholes there's the one dude in the band um who like you know in that intro video where it shows them all like being jackasses so to speak the uh, one guy, uh, A-N-K-U-R, I guess his name's Anchor. Anchor, yeah. yeah. The whole group's called Rack. Right. And, and it's because uh, all the band names, Rachel, Anchor, Chris, and Caleb. Right. Well, it's like Anchor, he's the one that specifically is the one all in the camera being obnoxious going, I'm a psycho and fucking crazy. And as the story turns out, he's actually the pussy of the group. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And also, uh, so they call themselves Rack, but... Uh, so they end up going, I don't know what it is this year with like sewers and shit. <laughs> Michael Myers, you mean? Yeah, like underground venues. So uh, they, they decide to take a break. It's called Colony Underground. And it right. was a music venue that burned down three years prior. There was an electrical fire. Right. And uh, it was four members of a band uh, called Bitch Cat. Yeah. There was a fire and then they ended up dying because they got trampled to death. Mm-hmm. By the people trying to leave. And uh, Anchor doesn't want to go to the Colony Underground. He's uh, being paranoid because he thinks that that's where you can get possessed by spirits and unrest. Uh, Yeah, it was funny because, like you said, he's supposed to look like the badass of the group and the whole time, like, everybody else is all into it. And he's just like, nah, like, I don't want to be here. But uh, real quick before we move on, I I missed my opportunity to say this when you brought up, like, CKY and stuff. The, the, The band as a whole to me reminded me of the uh zombies on the cover of the return of the living dead the original yeah, cover how it's yeah, like kind yeah, of punk rock zombies i thought i was like oh shit okay sorry anyway yeah no 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 that, that's a good point it's one of those ones where i'm trying to think of was i thinking what thinking that watching that because i mean like it makes sense like they look just yeah. like because like the zombies on the cover of that movie aren't actually in the movie there's like punk rock yeah. zombies standing next to a classic classic 80s move of putting something on the uh box cover that has nothing to do with the movie or doesn't happen in the movie and yet it manages to be so fucking amazing somehow <laughs> and and it's the whole reason that you pick that movie for the weekend to rent from the fucking video store and you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah right well you fucked up that's your movie for the weekend enjoy it <laughs> Uh, anyway, going back here to the story, uh, the band explores a condemned site. Anchor's feeling, like we said, the most reluctant. He tells Rachel about his fear of Buddha. I think I'm, I'm probably yeah. saying that wrong. 
Well, you know, it was Buddha, but it's spelled B H U T A. Yeah, Buddha. Yeah. And uh, when they go on stage to play there, they trick Anchor into believing they're possessed. That was pretty funny. Even yeah, it was a good was prank. Fucked up. It was a good like prank. That, I mean, it got me a little bit at first. Too. It was on the uh, on the level of uh, them uh, prank, uh, pranking the uh, witch and trick or treat in the segment. You know, like at the end when like they they act like they're all dead and zombies. The group of kids she's out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was like a prank on that on that level. If you know what I mean. If you've seen <laughs> Trick or Treat. Uh, so he gets he gets fucked up from it, and then all of his friends start mocking him, and he storms off, and uh, declaring that he hopes Buddha gets them. So the three remaining members bring out inflatable sex dolls styled after Bitch Cat and then stomp them to reenact the stampede, which that was just weird. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree with that. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's a horror movie. We need something. Zombies. <laughs> Bitch Cat zombies. And they appear and attack the band. They kill Caleb and Chris. Anchor manages to destroy one of them before he gets killed. And then Rachel's finally caught and dismembered. After which, the bitch cat ghoul uh, toys with uh, Rachel's limbs and torso. Uh, the tape glitches out to reveal the uh, reanimated remains of Rack. Their limbs tethered like puppets performing on stage. So now they're the yep. de- so now they're the dead band. They're the dead band curse on stage. I liked it. I liked this one. I uh, thought it was a strong opening. I thought the effects looked good. Um yeah, I, I didn't really have any problems with this one. It didn't blow me away, but I uh, I liked it. I don't really have any complaints. I'm too high because I was trying to think of one of the other VHSs that had like a first one, and it just wasn't a strong one. This one I feel like is one of the better opening stories they've went with. Yeah, I agree. I always feel like there's like each one's usually got one or two that you're just eh. <coughs> but yeah, what would you give this one out of ten? This one out of ten, I would probably give this like probably give it like a seven. I was gonna three. say seven. Yeah, I think I, I, I actually I wrote this down somewhere. I think in my journal, but uh, yeah, I gave it a seven. This is a seven, and that would lead us to uh, the next one, which is uh, Suicide Bid, right? Yes, yeah, Suicide Bid, written and directed by Giannis Roberts. Uh, I never. He's the dude that did the Strangers Pray at Night, forty-seven meters down, Resident Evil. Welcome See, to Raccoon City. See, I'm one of the people that likes so. Strangers Pray at Night. I, did, I mean, I uh, Catherine Hendricks was in it, so I'm good. Catherine <laughs> Hendricks? Yeah, the uh, the uh, redheaded babe from Mad Men. Th- I, th- I thought it was Christina. Oh, maybe it know, is. Maybe, maybe it is. Either maybe way, that's is. why I was in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but no, I, she's a good actress, and uh, she's easy on the eyes. So, uh, I was, And she's a credible actress, so when I saw she was in it, I watched it. She was the best part of it, in my opinion, but I own it. Yeah, uh, I was going to say Suicide Bid. Um, I was not aware of this, uh, in the whole, uh, semester of college I got under my belt. I, I had no idea what a suicide bid was, but, uh, basically it's when you only apply to one fraternity or one sorority and that's just, that's the only one you attempt to get in. I don't know. I guess it's supposed to make you look like you're more dedicated. I don't know. I never got the interest in wanting to be in a fraternity. <laughs> yeah, right. Me neither. But, uh, so freshman Lily, she's desperate to join, uh, the college campus's sorority, uh, Beta Sigma Eta, I don't know, <laughs> the Greek people out there can, uh, correct me, but, uh, she records her application, she's interrupted by her roommate, uh, who expresses concern that Lily's doing a suicide bid, and like I said, that's where the applicant, uh, only puts in one sorority as their recruitment choice. 
And Lily decides to apply regardless, and she's invited out with the sorority sisters. Um, I'm not going to go through all their names. <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, they end up becoming red shirts, basically. Yeah. I mean, sorry, spoiler alert. I already said spoiler alert like 10 minutes earlier. So, But uh, the sisters take Lily to a graveyard where she's dared to sp- spend the night inside a buried coffin. Because uh, it was based on an urban legend where another student... Uh, Guiltine, I think was Guiltine, yeah. Uh, was dared to commit the same deed, but she got fr- gotten by her classmates, which I don't know how you forget them for a week and left to die. Dude, I can't believe that they buried her alive and that she let them. I'd never let anyone bury me alive, you know, but I also don't give a shit to fit into anyone's clique, so there's that. My fat ass trying to lay in a coffin, man, like that's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I don't need to be in your fraternity. I'm good. Yo, uh, Johannes actually gave the camera to uh, the lead actress in this film. I mean, she had to. Like those shots. Right. Was, I don't see how. I remember watching that and I was like, I wonder how they like How they filmed like, it, Like right? how small of a camera that was. And like, she's got to move around. The confined space too. of it, exactly. Well, that's just that he actually gave her the camera. And uh, forgot to give her any direction. So she's down there in that little space. I mean, it works. And didn't know, so he actually uh, they had to stop and rethink how it was going to be shot. He didn't think about like how he would need to direct her while she was in there. But it's like all those small things on set that just happen that you're not thinking of. That's what it is. You plan the big picture, and it's a small little thing that you're like, fuck, I didn't think about that. I didn't think that would be a problem. Yeah, um, and it worked <clears throat> out. Like, uh, Yeah, because I was curious. I didn't know if maybe they had like... Because it's, it's even shot at an angle because it's the only way they can get it with, like, yeah, the coffin. like kind of over the so shoulder. So I didn't know if maybe they had, like, tried to, like, set something in there. And then I was like, yeah, but, like, anytime she's going to move around and shake in this coffin, like, it's going to make the camera move, too. But, yeah, totally. Yeah, I didn't realize she actually had the camera herself. That's interesting. And uh, so she agrees to be put in the coffin, like you said. And she's given a box that's only meant to be opened if she wants to quit as a means of giving her strength. And uh, she goes inside the coffin with the camera and settles in. And uh, she begins to panic when she hears strange noises outside. She, you know, the the whole story is just her going through, should I give up? Should I not? Right. So this is like kind of the first time she has. And you find out it's it's the girls just out there like fucking around with her and creating the noise. She rings the quitting bell demanding to be let out. And the girls just laugh at her, which that's kind of fucked up. Like if they're saying they want out, just take them out. Yeah, like you're just being a cruel bully at that point. It starts to rain, and a security guard arrives to investigate the noise, and the girls are scared they're going to get in trouble for hazing, and they just fucking leave. And they agree to come back to get Lily in the morning. And the security guard leaves, because uh, the rain's muffling Lily. Like, she's screaming for help, but he mm-hmm. can't hear. It yeah. kind of reminded me a bit of, like, Prisoners. Yeah, and I, I gotta say that... Spoiler that alert for that movie. Allie, uh... Lonita's, I don't know if I'm saying that right. She um she did a really good job. Uh, like she was really convincing. It was like kind of heartbreaking watching her like beg. You know what I mean? And uh yeah, so I was saying uh back here. Uh, she was crying, and you know her calls were, were muffled by the rain. Uh, the grave starts flooding. That's the one when I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, man. Like yeah, I was gonna say that when the water like. Uh, they kind of like, you know, caved the coffin in. I was like, oh shit, how is this going to get any worse? Oh, also, I skipped over but, the one part as she opened yep. the box. I forgot. I skipped over They gave that. her that little, bo- little box that said open it in I've case had, of emergencies okay, or something like that. Full disclosure, I've owned these. I've never handled them, but 
Like, even, like, I was watching and I had to just, like, cringe because she opens it and it's a fucking box of tarantulas. And, like, uh, that's But cool. in that confined space, man. That's the like, problem. And it was, like, eight of them or ten spice. of them, dude. Because, like, I would be fine if they were, like, chilling down by my feet and shit. Yeah. But the second they're crawling over top, I would just... Even though, like... Limited lighting. I've had those tarantulas. Uh, and, obviously, they're using the more docile ones. I'm, I'm sure... I don't know if any of it was practical. Yeah. I'm sure them killing them was not practical, but... Like, <laughs> actually happened. But, like, uh... Like, if, like, they're pretty docile, and it's pretty much, like, if you freak out, that'll make them freak out. Otherwise, they're not going to... But I would still freak out if it, like, landed on my face or something. Dude, I, yeah, They're man. not poisonous, and, like... It's just it's just that creep factor of like being on my face or something. I uh, I think that uh, I would have officially died if that was me in the coffin. My heart would have given out. I mean, how cruel is that and just unfucking necessary? Uh, see, I'd never want to associate with a group of narcissists like that. I don't know why you would like put yourself through something to fucking be a part of that. There's practical jokes, and then there's just being an asshole. Yeah, and then there's just associating yourself with that. Like I, I just don't care about looking cool, and I would never. First thing I do if and when I got out of that coffin is I'm swinging. <laughs> right i'm finding somebody uh yeah so the water starts seeping in the coffin lily almost drowns and then guillotine suddenly attacks her and breaks into the coffin i thought i thought the uh guillotine or whatever i thought yeah. i, th- I, I like the look of it mm-hmm. uh the next morning the sisters find the grave flooded and uh lily missing from her coffin i like how like they both jumped in and like like the one like jumps in, swims down, and was like, uh, "Lily's not here," and the other one's like, "What?" And then yeah. like like she would be lying, and then jumps <laughs> in herself and searches. I would have just taken the person's word for it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but they do the. Uh, I know, I know what you did last summer, and they agree never to speak of the incident. Uh, shortly after, they're all awake and trapped in separate coffins. They just wake up in coffins. Yeah. yeah. A demonic lily appears in Annie's coffin, claiming to have made a deal with Guillotine that she would give her as many victims that she would give her as many victims if it spared her soul. Guillotine then appears inside the coffin, killing Annie. And end of that story. I mean, um, so I think that Lily looked really fucking creepy as a zombie. Like I thought she looked really creepy at the end. Like I really liked her makeup. I thought I thought both of them looked 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 good. I guillotine looked cool at first to me but then like i think that the camera lingered on him too long they should have done they should have jaws it and instead like i think the camera lingered a little too long and then to me like the more exposed he, be- he was the more he began to look like a halloween costume like the jaw didn't move so it just looked so faked how the face was just frozen like that for such long periods of time um it was actually sp- it began to look so fake to me that I kind of started to contemplate, like, nah, this is the sorority girls fucking with her with another prank. This is a costume. I, I thought it was a cheap Halloween costume towards the end. Um, but it, the, the story is uh, simple, claustrophobic, creepy, and cost-efficient. I dig it. This one's probably my favorite one of the film, actually, and uh, I would give this one a seven as well. Um, yeah, this is... I mean, we said the first one was good. I thought this one was, was a bit better. Um, I would. Well, what did I give the last one? Seven three or something like that. You just said seven. Seven. <laughs> you know, you got to take. You got to know what you're rating know, these man. things, man. I just. It's all subjective of when you ask me what my rating is. That's true. A year from now, a month from now, it might be different. Yeah, because I might see a different movie and go, "Well, that was better." But like, I guarantee you, I'm probably going to give this VHS film a rating, and then like 
say it's like I'm just saying I'm gonna say it's like the best in the series and give it a rating and then go back and see that we reviewed the last VHS I gave it a higher rating than the rating I just gave the, you know, yeah there's some inconsistencies that'll happen I mean you know, <laughs> Joe I, Bob goes through that Joe Bob Brains goes through that all that, the time I was gonna say I feel bad because I'll think about like I've never like cataloged our ratings which is probably a bad <laughs> idea to like see how I would rank stuff and like I think about it and like I forget what what episode you're like no you gave that movie a higher rating and I'm like what well I gotta give this one a low <laughs> so I feel like it's Joe Bob like what like I always just this is why ratings don't matter when he did Halloween five and he goes he just rips it for twenty minutes before <laughs> the movie starts in a classic like Joe Bob rant. you know just monologue yeah, rant, monologue yeah. rant and then he gives it four stars because he said any Halloween's better than no Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I would give this probably like a like a seven six, seven Damn, eight, nice. somewhere around there. I'll go I'll go I'll go seven six. All right. Now we're getting on to uh I'll just spoiler alert, my favorite segment uh in this movie. Ozzy's Dungeon written by Zoe Cooper and Flying Lotus and directed by Fra- Fryan. Flying Lotus. That was a tongue twister there. Uh, Ozzy's Dungeon is a child's game show where uh, contestants participate in games for a chance to meet Ozzy who will make their favorite wish come true. Uh, I saw Flying Lotus talk about, I picked up on it right away, that it was a cross like Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, Did you watch both of them? See, I was going to say like that was uh, what my wife said as well. And uh, I was I, I was watching Spookies and other shitty horror films at that time. I wasn't watching Shout those Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> I wasn't uh I wasn't watching those Nickelodeon shows like that, but uh I do know that uh Flying the Lotus, um he went over every detail with Otto down to the uh microphone, like is this Bob, uh, Bob Barker microphone or not and that yes. type of shit. So I mean that's that they really went authentic with this one. But uh yeah, dude so you like I know you had to watch Legends of the Hidden Temple, you said. No, I haven't, no. Double Dare? Did you watch nope. Double Dare? Nope. Dude, Double Dare was amazing. Uh, as far as I went with that <laughs> shit, I went with I watched American Gladiators uh, to a point. Does that count? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really at all the same thing. Well, anyway, I know your favorite part in this segment was uh, Catch That Meat. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think anyone ever got the meat sweats from playing Catch That Meat? That shit seems so unsanitary. Uh Ozzy is, or I'm sorry, yeah, Ozzy can grant their favorite wish. During a taping of an episode, a contestant, Donna, brutally injures her leg while on the final obstacle course. Like, yeah, I never saw that on Double Dare. It's a brutal leg break, too, like a yeah, brutal right? break. And it prevents her from being the show's first winner. Years later, the show's host, played by Stephen Ogg, Stephen Ogg plays, like, kind of the same character in every movie, but, like, by God, he's so good at it. Like, I just realized that I said uh, Otto earlier. I meant to say Og. Fucking <laughs> Og, damn it. We got Stephen Og. We got Ozzy. Like, there's a lot of O's going on <laughs> That's here, but, true. That's true. But, like, Stephen Og kind of, like, he even says he's been kind of typecast. And I read a thing where he said, like, he, which, I mean, he's got a point. He doesn't mind being typecast. I mean, he would like to do other stuff. But he said, if I'm going to get typecast and it leads to steady work, then... Shit. I'll take it. Like, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't turn that down. But the thing is, is that we've seen him. He's an asshole in this movie, and we've seen him be an asshole before. He's good being an asshole. But in this Grand one, Theft you, Auto 5, you get to kind of see, like, the, uh, he's very, like, 
sarcastic than this one though it's more like it's less serious like walking dead shit and more like he's a dick but in kind of like a patrick bateman like almost like you know just like a funny he's funny in a very sarcastic it's a mix of his character from walking dead with his character from grand theft auto yeah fair enough but like he just plays the role so good and uh so he yeah he wakes up and the host uh, in the basement of Donna's unhinged mother, Deborah. Uh, dude, she's amazing too in this. I just, I love this so much. They're both just so ridiculously over the top. Like, she's like, just threatens him so much. The fucking asset, dude. Dude, Sonya Eddy, uh, who played Rebecca De Mornay on Seinfeld, she always plays characters who snap on people, but this was next level, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, like... She's just literally walking around with a vial of sulfuric acid, just shaking it around. <laughs> like, and then she shows Stephen Ogg, who doesn't believe, like, just in case he, he, he wasn't fully aware, like, she throws it, then she tells him, like, she sets up an obstacle course. And her daughter is now confined to a wheelchair with a rotted leg. Like, that shit was disgusting. Yeah, like, cut that bitch off. And then her husband, Marcus, helps her with it. Uh, they force the host through their own, like, homemade version. And, like, it's 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 fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it looks bad. It looks moldy and shit. Oh, he gets cut, and then he's got to climb through shit. And I'm like, this man's getting an infection for sure. <laughs> But uh, he's forced to compete in a final obstacle course similar to the one that injured Donna. Uh, he narrowly fails to complete the course, and Deborah is going to inject him with the acid. And uh, he he pr- promises he can take them to Ozzy and have their wish granted. And uh, the group goes to Ozzy's dungeon, and uh, he sees the armed guard at the main entrance. The host leads the group, and played by Stephen Ogg, leads him into another entry. Uh, on the set, they stand before like a large wooden door leading to the cave, and they find Ozzy being worshipped. Uh, when Donna makes a wish, Ozzy convulses and gives birth to some kind of like ancient, weird-looking fucking yeah. space creature. <laughs> uh, a lot of tentacles flailing. The host and Donna's family suddenly melt. Like, uh, dude, his face melting off reminded me. That's right. I don't think you've seen him. Indiana Jones. The Legend or, of the Hidden Temple? or, or the, well, I've no, seen they, that scene. I've seen that scene um, um, where the Nazi dude's face melts. Yeah, from... Why can't I think of it? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, they're like That's what I felt like with him. But uh, uh, but they melt, and then Donna smiles at the camera as the tape ends. Yeah, uh, the end didn't make sense to me. I don't know if, you got, if it made sense to you or not. I was a little confused by the ending yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, still, you know, it didn't really make sense. Complaint, but I mean, yeah, I, I love the dark, sarcastic humor uh, and the dark turn that it took. Uh, it looked so goddamn '90s, man. Everything about it. I love the look of this one. This is the funnest segment of the movie for me. I give this a seven ho- as well. The host and Donna <clears throat> just like steal their scenes that they're in together. One hundred percent. So over the top, but like, dude, I was fucking laughing. I was horrified. Like, <laughs> grossed like, I gotta, out. Yeah, like grossed out. Like I said, like he gets cut, and then like he's literally like crawling through shit. Like some like wet with, with like, some like wet shit. At that. Yeah, with just like a giant ass wound. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And uh, I don't know if you noticed. I'll give you a little knowledge nug. Uh, the Veggie Masher segment. Yes. Uh, ha- has a little brief appearance at the beginning of the segment. I did notice that it was kind of weaseled in there. If you if you notice it, you notice it. If not, you know. 
If you know, you know. <laughs> I'll give this one like an eight. I fucking love this one. I give this one a seven as well, but yeah, this one was good. And then uh, I feel like we go from the peak, we go down a little bit here. Uh, the Gawkers, written by Chris Lee Hill, Tyler McIntyre, and it was directed by Tyler McIntyre. This one, tell me this didn't have American Pie vibes to it. Uh, it was American Pie and uh, um, Suburbia. That's a Shia, Buff, Shia Buff movie. Oh, Disturbia? Disturbia, yes. So I, said, I guess I yeah. could see that in a way. Like I, it, yeah. It's like, I, I thought it was like a marriage of both of those. Because, uh, well... We'll get to what, like, through the one just, I was like, this is 100%. Like, oh, of course, the camera part of it, yeah. Uh, so Brady's a young boy. Uh, he filmed stop motion of his toy soldiers, as we saw in the, I guess, it's not really a wraparound, but, uh, but he's the one doing all the stop animation with the soldiers we see and from the in between segments. Uh, he has his old, with his older brother Dylan's camera. And uh, Brady records a video, and Dylan bursts into the room and takes the camera. He and his friends, Kurt, Mark, and uh, Boner. <laughs> yeah, Boner. <laughs> yeah, exclude Brady from the group. Uh, they discover a large patch of dead snake skin near a field, and uh, taunt and Boner to eat it. <laughs> After using the camera, uh, they spy on two girls... Uh, they become fixated on Brady and Dylan's beautiful new neighbor across the street, Sandra, whose house is decorated with several stone busts. Uh, as the boys film her from Brady's window, they're shocked to discover that uh, he's befriended him while out roller skating. They, they were very jealous. And then this is yeah. where the like American Pie aspect comes in. So Brady Brady comes back. They all beg him like for information. And he mentions that he's going to be going over to her house because she just got a Macintosh computer delivered. Yep. And uh, she wants him to help, like, set it up. So his friends and his brother convince Brady to set up a webcam in Sandra's room, which they'll use to, like, hopefully get to see some titties. <laughs> yeah. But this was, this, was, this was 100% American Pie. Yeah, absolutely. I knew. Yeah, this was this was a uh, Jim blowing his load on the yeah. internet. But uh, Brady agrees, but not like he ain't happy about very it. Very easily, yeah. he, he he's very reluctant to help. So he goes over the Sandra's. He's almost nearly caught, but he still is able to install the camera, and uh, he feels bad about it pretty much immediately. Yeah, because he says he's betraying her trust. And uh, his brother and friends don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, like I said, they want to see her naked, and she starts undressing, uh, and Brady decides to leave the room. I mean, you made it that far. <laughs> Wait, that's probably not the right thing to say. Good good job, Brady. <laughs> the boys are horrified to witness Sandra rip off her scalp. As surprise, she a Gorgon, not. Yeah, man, she goes full Medusa. That ain't Medusa. no hot woman. That's fucking Medusa. Yeah, she goes full fucking Medusa. Uh, so then, uh, her hair's made of snakes going back to the snake skin we saw in the woods. Yep. I, like, do you, do you think she just like goes out to the woods? Like she knows it's shedding time. Yeah. And they just, and then like she sheds and then just walks just, back home. Just slips out and goes home. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so yeah, her hair's made of snakes and, uh, she a gorgon and, uh, she notices what the boys are doing through the window and just rushes to their house. She breaks in, attacks them. 
Dylan's friends are killed. As Dylan flees, Brady arrives and attempts to reason with Sandra, apologizing. But Sandra turns him to stone, you know, like a good Gorgon. And after which she kills Dylan and also petrifies him as the tape comes to an end. So now we know what those stone busts were. Yeah, I like that we know now like why she had those statues in her yard, turning people into stone, this obviously. One, this one went, went down a little bit. I feel like the beginning was a little slow. Maybe with like the bullying from his brother and friends. Yeah. But I get why we establish it, but like... Uh, yeah, I thought the beginning was a little slow. I would give this one probably like a 7.4. Oh, damn. I didn't care for Medusa's look. I, I really? really didn't like, like for the look. Um, and uh, I, I was I actually just, excited. I was like, that's cool. They went, they went, they went away with, with the Gorgon in this one. I kind of like... I, I, I wanted to be excited. I, I, I think, you know, being using Medusa and... And doing that whole thing is cool, but I, yeah, I just wasn't a fan of the way it was done here. Um, I wasn't a fan of this one. I give it a five. It, like I just kind of was Dang. waiting for the next one to. I was wow. waiting for the next story. You hated it that much. Huh? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that you were that high. We're we're different wow. on that one. I, I enjoyed it. To be fair, taken as a whole, this, I guess it's spoilers. Goodbye, ones we haven't got there, but like. This is probably one of my favorite VHSs, like overall. Oh, the f- movie, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I think, like every VHS, there's some. Uh, not every one. I don't like every one of them, and this one was one of the ones I did not care about. Like one of the store segments. I mean, we are at the uh, final one here, and this is to me like the beach one was, like with the, on the in the original VHS. Oh we yeah, went to the beach. I'm yeah. trying to remember. It was like invisible. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I kind of felt the same way about that one that I felt about this one. It was okay. Yeah, this one was actually uh, written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winner, and they're the team behind Deadstream, which is uh, which also stars Melanie Stone, which is which she's in Deadstream as well. And uh, I like Deadstream so much better than this. I really like Deadstream. That's on Shutter now. Um, if you intrigued, uh, if you're intrigued to, uh, if you're intrigued by you know horror comedies. Um, check it out. Go to our website and read my review on it. Uh, I, this was like such a drop in what I expected from them after seeing Deadstream. This was my least favorite one of the movie. It was my least favorite, but it had like some of my favorite moments. And it's all <laughs> it's all Melanie Stone though, like her parts. She's like, funny. She's so good at Dude, this. Yeah. Like okay, so we'll get into it here. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, Nate and Tony. Uh, they're filming a ritual, they're videographers, uh, where a woman called Kristen is offered as a vessel to an entity called, I think it was Ukaban. Yeah. And Nate's skeptical of the whole ritual. Uh, the group of witches performing the <laughs> ritual state that while they call to the entity, they will not actually summon Ukaban until the stroke of midnight when the veil between earth and hell is at its thinnest. You know, it's like every good Halloween. Right. Uh, as the ritual begins, an uninvited demon called Fergus, I'm always bad at names, appears in the room. As the witches cast Fergus out, the demon grabs Nate and Tony and drags them into hell. That's got to suck, man. You just yeah, show right? up, you're trying to film. <laughs> you just get pulled into hell. You don't even believe in this, and next thing you know, you in hell, like Constantine style. Uh, so, obviously, they're in hell, so it's going to be a lot of fucked up shit they're seeing. And that's horrific creatures and sights nate and tony attempt to escape and they cross paths with mabel played by uh, melanie stone who decides to help them escape by leading them to ukaban so they have to trek across uh hell they nate and tony uh they just 
encounter a whole bunch of more creatures and uh, confuse Mabel with their modern ways of speaking. She's totally their golem. Yeah. Tell me she's it's not. So, but yeah, it's so entertaining. Like, like she does such a good job. <laughs> Eventually, the group enters a cave where they find Ukabod preparing to eat, enter Kristen's body. A group of cultists attack them, but Nate and uh, Troy managed to kill them. Like, it's funny. You see him, like, going around with this, like, tiny ass, like... Looks like flimsy-ass trident, mm-hmm. but he's just fucking murking people with it now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect it to go that way <laughs> of them just all of a sudden just killing everybody like it was uh, Billy's Wonderland. Picking people off, yeah. With midnight approaching, Nate and Troy shout to Mabel to come with them. She tells him not to forget to write her name in the Conjuring book before being stabbed by a demon. Uh, the two friends jump inside Ukabon just as the ritual commences and appear back on Earth. Uh, Nate's soul is now in Kristen's body, furious the witches kill Nate and Troy before arguing with one about the uh, ritual. And uh, was Troy's dying, he does what Mabel asked and writes her name in the book used to summon Ukabon with her blood before the tape ends. And the tape like glitches out and it goes back to Dylan and Brady from the previous segment, still frozen as the camera's battery runs out. And uh, during the credits, you can actually hear the witches. They're performing a new ritual, this time calling Mabel's name. So she finally got her name in the Book of the Witches, (laughs) which is all she wanted all along. Which that part of the story was entertaining to me. Mm Mm-hmm. The Nate and Troy part, not so much. Yeah, man. Um, the Mabel part was great. I enjoyed her. She I agree. was 100% Gollum. Like, yeah, she sold it. She sold it. She was the best part about the segment. Um, the creature effects looked cool, but the CGI looked terrible. Um, I give this one a five as well. So my f- overall rating of the film was seven for three of them and a five for two of them. So add that up and divide it. That gives you a 6.2 out of oh. 10. That's my rating. Six point two out of ten. (laughs) Well, no, I like three of the segments, but I dislike two, so it's easy to just break it down like that. I give this one like a six. Okay. I just really don't like that. All my other ones were around the sevens and eights, so so I ain't doing math. Fuck math. (laughs) Overall, taking it as a whole, I I give this like a seven point nine. Oh damn! I really, I really like even the ones I even though I gave it a five, like. It's still better than some other segments I've seen in other VHS movies. Like I feel like this one as a whole was pretty solid. I, I liked it. I, I did like it as well. I thought that the three that I liked in this one were like really good. Um, to me though, man, VHS two is still the best one. That alien segment in that one, man, and the uh, the suicide packed one, like 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 VHS two to me is the one that I'm always like hoping that the next VHS film's better than because it's like that to me is the uh, that to me is the measuring stick of the whole franchise. Now, let's talk about this. It was officially announced we're going to have VHS 85. So this one was supposed to be like the end of the VHS era. And it was supposed to be the final days of the VHS. But now we're going to go back again. And on its face, it's just like, why? But have you you seen the list of directors announced for it? Uh, Yeah, actually. But why don't you go ahead and list them off? David Bruckner. Scott Derrickson. Gigi Guerrera, Natasha Kermani, and Mike Nelson. Like, 
Bruckner and Scott Derrickson are in. Like, Dude, isn't that awesome that Scott Derrickson hasn't lost who he is? He's not like, oh, Mister, I'm Mister Black Phone and Doctor Strange. That he actually would do a segment on a fucking Dude, VHS like, movie. Like, I'm so I love Scott Derrickson so and much, it's man. It's supposed to come out next year, so like, guarantee. Listening, just put us in line for the next <laughs> for 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 the next uh, screener for the next one. And I don't mean to sound biased, but. I'm going to be biased. Mark it right now. I'll come back and listen to this episode in a year from now. Scott Derrickson's segment's going to be the best segment. <laughs> I mean, you're not going out on a limb. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sure, anybody can always have the best segment, but if you're just probably looking on paper, it's got to be him or David Bruckner. Yeah. Like, but that's exciting that, that that they're going to do that, so I'm already looking forward to it. Shit, just go to 10 at this point. You know what I mean? Like They've already done five. Go to 10. With a ten piece. Did you see? Uh, originally, this wasn't going to be VHS ninety nine. No. Uh, apparently, uh, Goldblum uh, revealed that the first pitch, the Shutter, by the producers was a film set during Christmas called VHXmas. Oh <laughs> shit! Okay. And it, as well as a film set during medieval times, Shutter rejected those pitches in favor of VHS ninety nine. Dude, actually, VHXmas is brilliant. That title is amazing. It also sounds like a porno. I mean, hey man, everybody's got to get their jollies off. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Thank you kindly. So, uh, ho- hopefully you enjoyed VHS 99 as much as we did. And uh, join us next week. We're going to have our Halloween episode. Yes, it's Halloween, baby, on High on Horror. Two witches. I mean, what else is more Halloween than witches, right? Fuck yeah. We're going to have actress from Two Witches, Rebecca Kennedy, and director, writer, and uh, composer, right? Yeah. Pierre Cigaritis. Uh, so, you know, follow us online, highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Actually, no, that's our email. Jesus Christ, I'm high. Hi on horror 420 gmail.com that's our email send us your puff puff ass questions hi on horror 420 you can find us on facebook instagram tiktok uh what else am i missing twitter that's all of them yeah it's way too much social media these days and uh, you can also go to our website hi on sign up for our newsletter get our latest episodes and guest announcements sent directly to your inbox and uh i guess we'll see you all on halloween Catch you later. Bye, everybody.